Hi everyone, this is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is to Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I am really, really honored tonight to be here with a beautiful soul named Brett Avlin. He is from Connecticut. He's married. He has two children. He's got a side gig of being a home inspector, but his real mission, uh, in my opinion, of course, is he is a mindfulness teacher and facilitator uh, for the last 19 years. So he's really done a lot of deep uh, soul searching and um, just talking about what it means to be an awakened human um, while, while searching for our spirituality and searching for our meaning. So I'm sure we are going to have some deep conversation tonight, Brett. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here with me. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Don. I'm so glad to be here with you and glad to be, uh, yeah, finding out what you're all about. And let's dive in. Let's dive in. So I know that, that you, your, um, you know, like I said, the last 19 years of your life have been really a search. And so can you, can you tell me like what this search has been about for you? Yeah. So I'd say initially the search in starting to practice yoga and a little bit of meditation, um, mostly yoga though, needing to kind of move my body um, was about feeling better. You know, I just wanted to feel better in my life. Uh, I was going through a really hard time. Um, I had wanted to kick in and start the practice of yoga, uh, for a number of years, but you know, I was doing this and that and, and managed to not really do it. Mm-hmm. And I was in my twenties and I had been married for a year and I went through a divorce after one year. Wow. And it just rocked everything. It was mm-hmm. the person that I thought, you know, I, I held that as just everything. I had found the one. Right. Uh, and, it, and then boom, it exploded. And so that was the time. That was the, the breaking down part for me. And yoga finally was like, you know, I've been talking about doing this for a long time. And so I started doing it every day, um, like six days a week. Wow. And there was just something about it. It just, it did something. I didn't even know what I was doing. And I just kept going to class and going to class and going to class. And before I knew it, I, I had met this teacher that I just loved his style and what he was offering. And I signed up to do a teacher training um, really just for my own immersion and my own learning. Right. Um, and did that. And it just led to teaching along the way. I just was so uh, in love with all of it and wanted to share it. What did you love about it? Um, well, it, it was, it, it made me feel better. You know, it made, it had this sort of ineffable way of I remember specifically walking out of some of those classes 
and having done the practice and for an hour, an hour and a half or longer, and I would step outside and I was just happy for no reason. There was, I would look up at that sky. I was living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'll never forget just looking at the cloud and, and just not needing anything, just, just feeling really satisfied and not like wanting to do something or go get something. And I didn't, I had never experienced much of that really in my life. So was it like a sense of peace? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just peace and happiness and joy. <clears throat> really, really for no reason. Um, and, you know, and then I would, of course, dive back into my life and go to work and do whatever I did. And, and then I'd go do it again. And it, it became like an addiction in a way, but a, a positive addiction. Um, that I would just keep going back and keep going back. And, and I got used to, because once you have, once I started to have that openness inside of me and that availability to just be more present, be more here, I didn't want to live any other way. You know, I, however I'd lived in the past all comparatively was just not as, not as good. Uh-huh. So then what, so then what happened next? Um, I continued on and continued doing yoga and then, um, was healing from that relationship along the way and trying to find, um, a sense of forgiveness for her and a sense of what the hell I was up to now <laughs> in my life. Cause that really had been my all, I, you know, and looking back, I didn't even realize how much I had been putting that relationship ideal on a pedestal uh -huh. for my, all of my youth, you know, looking for that one and finally finding it in my twenties. Woohoo. And I like married her quick and, <laughs> and then boom, it exploded. So what about forgiveness for yourself? Oh yeah, ab absolutely. Um, but that didn't come till later. That, okay. <laughs> that wasn't until later. Um, I was just doing the practice and, and it started to, to change things inside of myself. It started make, making me realize that uh, I wasn't such a, I had regarded myself as more like a thinking person for most of my life. Uh -huh. And I think that was a way of really avoiding feeling almost anything, you know, from right. my childhood and whatever. Um, so all of that like real uh, reflection and, and seeing of self and feeling and, and experiencing myself just started to kind of get unraveled and, and, and wake up during all of that intensive yoga practice. What, what do you think you were learning about yourself? Um, well, I would say initially, <laughs> initially I was learning how much, crazy shit was going on in my head and how many painful emotions and how much suffering was was there you know like it was always there but I was starting to become aware of it it was uh -huh. I wasn't like living so socked in and sort of just enshrouded by it it started I started to like it, it was a little bit shocking um was it like was it that. like peeling layers off of yourself Something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I guess I, I use the word a lot, unfolding, mm. kind of corresponds with a yoga practice, just like right. unfolding and unfolding. Right. And, and really that, that continues to this very day, but it's so, it's gone through so many iterations and so many transformations. I was just thinking today, I, I walked through, I, I teach yoga at a, a studio in New Haven, but I was going there. There's also a float center there, like a sensory deprivation tank place. Uh-huh. And I was going to do a float and you have to walk through this place where you smell all this Thai food. Uh-huh. And I smelled the Thai food and it brought back, you know, smells can really be evoke right. memories. Right. Um, and it evoked a memory of when that studio opened in that location two years ago. And I just right away was like, could feel all of those feelings of like starting to teach at the new studio and and whatever layers were there of insecurity and like am I going to get enough students am I going to like that feeling like the feeling sense of who I was at that time and in walking in the doors today I was like oh my god I've learned so much in the, wow. in the two years yeah since then and I've I've noticed that over the I feel like it's probably never going to end <laughs> like no, I'm going to keep I, looking I, back I hope and be not. like Oh my God, two years ago, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know anything. And then two years from now, I'm going to look back and be like, I didn't know anything. <laughs> isn't, isn't, that, isn't that the saying, like, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know? Yeah. Stripping away, stripping away, stripping away. Right. Yeah, and doing that float was another, another layer, hour and a half and a total quiet immersion that's it's definitely become one of my practices once a month um i get a free float as a teacher so i go there and uh it's amazing have you ever tried it no i think that sounds like such a cool experience though it is the most deeply relaxed i've ever been just everything 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 relaxes like in getting out of there my whole system is like Whoa, kind of slow slow mo it's powerful when you're talking about it i just sense like it's being in the womb again yeah just that stillness that peace that not having to worry about anything because you're you're in the womb being taken care of you know in your totally. gestation period yeah and just giving yourself back to that being held, like you're held by the water. Uh-huh. The temperature is perfect. There's nothing you have to do. You're maintain. You can just give, and just let yourself float and just be there. It, it, it's, yeah. I mean, having a meditation practice, I think certainly facilitates it. I was talking to the owner, and he was talking about how a lot of people, who are just, you know, they've heard about this float thing and they just come in and they just want to break from the stress and the and they want to just like some relief you know get a little taste of peace and and they find it and it's great but if you have a a meditation background and you can navigate yourself it's just it's a prime uh accelerator to do that that sounds beautiful (laughs) yeah Yeah, so at some point, um, when was it? 
a fellow teacher of mine, like maybe five years into teaching, she invited a teacher of hers who was from India to come and, uh, well, my light just went out. Now I'm really in the dark. <laughs> uh, how appropriate, right? I'm here in, the, in, in the womb. Um, she invited a teacher from India to come talk to us, and she was teaching something called Vedanta. I'd never heard of that. I didn't know what that was, but I really loved this teacher and this friend of mine. And I was like, sure, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And she taught in what's called classical Vedantic style. And it really, it uses the classic texts of India, Indian philosophy and the Vedas and the Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita. And it breaks down and has us look at the essence of what we are. Hmm in a way of like self-inquiry, am I this, am I that, am, am I the mind? Is that really all of me? And, and really contemplate it. Um, and so part that, of those- that questioning. Yeah, that really honest looking at like, what is the essence of what this, that makes up me, that I've always assumed to be me, I've always lived, everyone's like, hey, what's going on? You know, it's me. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, in a very scientific way, Vedanta is, is structured to do that, which appealed to me as well. You know, I'd always been uh, definitely a thinker and a, a skeptical thinker. You know, not I don't, I didn't grow up with any religion or anything. I didn't really want to go to any kind of Christian thing, even though it was around me and friends would go. I was just like, mm, get off me with that. I, I don't want, <laughs> don't impose that on me. I, I want just be me but once i started to have my own engagement in it and my own look at it it started to come alive when and it found, when, you, when you create your own meaning of it and my own approach to it you know like yeah. okay let's let's validate it let's figure it out and and see what's what's real for myself um so part of those meetings there was meditation in it and so i started to do that and because of the yoga and the, you know, the last pose, in particular, the Shavasana, it started to um, be easier for me. You know, if I think if I started with meditation before yoga, I would have like, ah, just, <laughs> no, too much, too crazy. <laughs> too, too intense. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a world in us that is going a mile a minute if we've never done anything like that and we stop and we look it's more than a monkey it's like a wild horse you know like yeah. just running 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 yeah um but she created an, a really nice container for it and, and i started to do it um some more on my own and enjoy it some yeah it was really a, a, a beginning of doing that um and that has progressed it has stayed with me um until i found another teacher in 2006 who and you know and all of this mindfulness and meditation stuff it's like we're we're all living here in the west we don't have a tradition we don't have elders to tell us like oh this is how you do it and this is what it's about and like right. we're all trying to piece it together you know right. so I, I was here hearing about things like about Buddhists, this and all these different things, like oh, just like putting it together and piecing it together. Um, and this one teacher who had a really big impact on me, 
was essentially about just um, find this radical place of acceptance for your experience. And that was like his whole thing. And it, it, it touched me deeply. Like it was another layer that just kind of realized that I had never, you asked about forgiveness earlier. Um, it brought that out in me and brought me to tears. Like it brought me to my knees seeing how I had never, ever accepted myself, like for real, all of me and seen the parts. Um, it's like when he somehow with his words touched that part in me, it made me see all of these levels of and instances, like specific instances in which I had caused my own suffering all right. the way back, right. all the way back, all the way back. And so that self-acceptance was huge and it became my, my steady practice and my way of not just self-acceptance, but acceptance of the way things are, you know, not, doing my best to not resist that to not push against it isn't that sort of uh what savasana is you know at the end of your your yoga practice it's full surrender to what is right yep yeah i mean shavasana literally means corpse pose right so it's like a like a dying right dying to your to your practice and to whatever that was but even more so like just letting it yeah, it's a great introduction for for me and for lots of people. After you've kind of exhausted your body a little bit, you've worked it and you're a little bit tired, you don't have as much going on and you've, you've focused your attention for a certain amount of time, you're more receptive to just lie down. Right. And you don't have, you don't have to sit up and, you know, have the right posture and, you know, your knees don't ache. You can just lie there and take it in. I think that Shavasana, I know when I... I have, I've been doing yoga for the last numerous years and it was especially healing when I was going through the hardest time in my marriage. And mm. I, during Shavasana, um, almost every time I would just burst into tears because mm. it was this sense of, I, I can stop thinking about all of the shit that's going on in my life. Mm. And this is the only place where I can just surrender and be and just yeah. accept exactly who I am exactly in this place that I am. Yeah. Yeah. That, that same teacher who touched that self-acceptance button in me, he found it, you know, and he touched it and, and it brought forth this, these layers of grief and these layers of, of crying for multiple days. Yeah. Um, and I went up to him and I said, what's going on? <laughs> like, <'cause laughs> Explain it, this to me. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was shocking and, and alarming a little bit. I'm like, like the tears just kept coming and coming because it really felt like a lifetime of yeah. stored Yes. Um, tension. And perhaps, perhaps many lifetimes. Yeah. Right. Who knows? And he just was so helpful. He said, it's like a, you can think of it like a shower. 
it's like the grief that comes through is just washing over. It's washing over. Yes. It's washing over and it's cleaning you. And it, I was like, oh, thank God. And I, it's been that ever since. Like grief is one of my touchstones um, when I know that something has been arising in me, some pattern, some layer, some, you know, in India they call them vasanas. Um, if it's being met, if it's being seen, and this is like without words, it'll just sort of spontaneously happen. Right. And the grief will come. The tears will come in the middle of the day. It doesn't matter when it is. And it, I'll feel it just like for a little bit, it'll wash through. Um, not all the time, you know, it has its own rhythm, but it, it was a great gift to be able to receive that understanding from him and that uh, okayness, you know, as a man. That acceptance. Yeah. And that grief is, is really a grief is awesome. <laughs> you know, grief is it's and necessary. Pure, it's, it's purifying. Yeah. Yeah. It now feels like an absolutely necessary part of life to me. And I certainly would never impose that upon someone else. Um, but I can see it as a missing piece for many, many people. Um, not knowing how to grieve or even to see the pain that we carry un unknowingly carry it all around in us and, and right. try to like keep going around making our life work and control things and you know all of that it's it's painful and like our our soul our our essential self um wants to be free it doesn't want and it's just painful to hold all of that um and not let it out Right. Right. I mean, that's why so many people manifest all these physical symptoms, you know, because they because they don't know how yeah. we're, we're not taught unless your parents have a really high emotional intelligence quotient. You know, we're not really taught, um, you know, in school or in our families of how to deal with our emotions. And so. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I've really tried to do with my own kids. And, and you can speak about this, you know, how you have tried to teach this um, very important life lesson to your kids about how to deal with your own emotions, how to honor them and not try to hide them and suppress them, but really figure out ways to express them and process them and use them as guideposts to show you where, where you need to go in your life, you know, maybe what things you're, what things you're being guided to based on what you're feeling in your body with your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much wrapped around that topic. Um, you know, even just, just talking about it, like it immediately brings it to mind. Um, it's not something that I hold strongly right now, but it's like sort of a memory of how many people regard feelings and emotions as something that's like fluffy or weak or um, 
soft or, you know, all these like useless. <laughs> yeah. Or just, or, you know, just like, Oh yeah, yeah. Get, get over it. Get over it. Like, right. Like, get over it. All that stuff. Like there's so many messages in our society and our culture that look to really dampen, avoid, distract, right. Get, you know, get on with it, move on right. all of that versus like, what's it like to stay here? You know, let's stay What's it here. like to actually experience what you're feeling instead of hiding from it or running away from it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the mindfulness training. Um, so after, after being with him and, you know, loving that work that he offered and he shares in the world, his name is Adya, Adya Shanti. <clears throat> Um, it was wonderful and, and I wasn't really looking for anything else um, along those lines but life had its way and a friend of mine just two and a half years ago recommended this book it's called The Science of Enlightenment and I got the book and you know I have stacks of <laughs> this kind of book you see my bookshelf back there same thing <laughs> <laughs> all all loaded up yep and many many of them end up you know sitting on the on the bedside table you know i've read like a chapter or half of it or right. whatever this one i read all the way through and then i read it through again like all the way through which is exceedingly rare like in the last decade i don't think i've done that with any books and it's called the science of enlightenment the Science of Enlightenment. Okay, yeah. I'm writing it down. And his um, his name is Shinzen Young. He's a Westerner. Um, and his his lucidity and his his mind is very scientific, but his experience and his sharing is very deep and powerful. And his system, what he's basically done is, um. He's traveled extensively. He speaks like five languages. Wow. He's sort of mind-blowing, including like Lakota. He speaks like native Lakota and okay. Chinese. He speaks Japanese. And he's taken um, these different world wisdom traditions and not dumbed them down in any way, but made them accessible to the modern vernacular and modern understanding he's kind of just translated it into our modern way um so for instance like you hear about gratitude and you know what that is and he has that in a quadrant and you hear about um you know a lot of people think about mindfulness they think about like follow your breath and like is that mindfulness or like what is mindfulness and, and he just breaks it down into a very simple easy to understand way and had me understand that oh so what i've been doing this radical acceptance is actually is a is one way to do it and it's great and we all can find our own way and that may change over time but it gave me this this palette you know as i read the book and then i was drawn and i did the 12-week training um i really just jumped into it i just loved it um, so that we have choices in what mindfulness means, 
And it basically comes down to learning three skills of uh, concentration, clarity, and equanimity, which is the acceptance piece, which is a okay. different word, you know, equanimity. Okay. And that whatever we do um, in our daily life, or if we do have like a more formal thing, is about honing those skills so that we have the ability to be here. I choose to be here with you having this conversation right now. And, but at the same time, there's clarity, hopefully, you know, as much as possible. <laughs> right. you know, in the background, there might be a sense of like, oh, time is going by, maybe we have to get home. But I can see that and be like, oh, let that, all right. But I'm here. I'm choosing to be here. That's where my concentration is. Uh-huh. And if, if something else arises that's uncomfortable, maybe we're talking about something, it's like, oh, I feel exposed or whatever. Um, then the third piece is equanimity, like having equanimity with all aspects of ourselves the best that we can, you know. So that's where it's all led to, you know, all of this and becoming a mindfulness trainer and facilitator and, and doing my own podcast and putting that out into the world and so how has how has this practice your video just went out by the way there you go um how has this practice affected your marriage mm. I, it's i can't even yeah. <laughs> it's like it's affected it it would i wouldn't have a marriage just simply there wouldn't be a marriage. We wouldn't be together without this. Um, even from the early years, I met her right around when I started um, sitting with that Vedanta teacher and I started sitting a little bit on my own. And we met and I was still nursing my, my broken heart. Um, and I was, you know, I was into her. I was attracted to her, but I wasn't thinking like long term. It's like, oh, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm into my yoga. That's what I'm doing right now. Right. And part of me was like, um, okay, you should just break this off because this is not, you know, it's not fair to her and you're not serious about this. And eh, that's probably not the right one. And, you know, comparing it to the old one and the, the perfect, you know, ideal image, which ultimately was my mom, <laughs> the mom replacement thing yeah. like, to, to a T. Um, but I would, then I would take that doubt and that questioning and it was like a kind of a uncomfortable thing in me, like, oh, I shouldn't do this. And I would just stop and I'd sit with it. And every time I did this like tiny little voice, it would be like, just stay, just stay with her. And it didn't have any like supportive evidence. It, it didn't have any like reason. <laughs> Where's the data says the thinker. <laughs> like, what do you mean? It just, it doesn't make, it doesn't add up. Like I don't have this and this and this and, and this over here looks so much better and I can go over here and I'm like, what do you mean? Just stay. Right. Like, and, and, but that's what it was. Like, it was like instructions. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, all right. I'll stay a little bit. I'm fine. And then, you know, a month or whatever, a couple months later, I'd have the same doubts and the same. And a dear friend of mine who ran a yoga studio there 
she said to me one day after we've been together for like six months or so, she's like, you guys are going to, you guys are going to get married. Like she just had this sense of like going directly at me. Yeah. You got, and I was like, no, no way. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. And a few years ago, maybe five years ago now, my wife surprised me. You know, when you get somebody else's opinion, reflection of you, it can be, it, it's, it's interesting. Right? We all have our own lens on the world. Right. We only know each other unless, if, if we share it. And she said something to the same extent. She's like, oh my God, if, if you hadn't been doing this, this work all these years, um, she's like, you are so different. Like, she's like, I don't, I don't think we would have been together if you were that same person, you know, that I met that, that I was attracted to and into, but, um, had a lot of, had a lot of baggage, (laughs) a lot, a lot of layers stacked up of protection and defense and insecurity and, um, self-centered, like smallness. So what, so what struggles have the two of you had together as a couple? Mm. Our sex life has been um, something we've had challenge with from the get-go. You know, that was one of the, the things that would cause the doubts. You know, where is that that instant hot and heavy comparing to other fireworks. people I've been with and where are the fireworks, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and so really what the, the experience with her has been and the struggles, what I've cut the whole thing, how I've come to regard it is that it's been like for real, legit, a, a master teacher for me in learning how to really love someone. Like, and what I mean is um, all of them. I mean, you can say the words like, you know, warts and all and whatever, but like for real. And I look back at when we were first together and how, I just place so many inner requirements on who she should be. You know, she should like, be this. Like living up to your expectations. Yep. Of how, of how you think she should be rather than just accepting who she is. Yeah. So the mindfulness has allowed me to see those parts of myself that put that on her and take responsibility for some of those aspects and, you know, it ain't over. I, I still, I still have some of those tendencies. Um, the, the work with it continues, but it's been rich, you know, it's been, um, and like anything, you know, our relationship has that ups and downs and connection and then disconnection. And we go through these periods, but the fact that we're both, um, at some point or another, I mean, early on, I remember it being so hard and such a struggle to like get it, to get into like a disagreement and like this hard 
place and because I didn't want to feel shit, you know, like I was all freaked out. I didn't know how to do that. And so we go through like three and a half hours of this like push and pull and tug and pain and to like then at the end of it, just say something simple like, um, I just want to be loved. <laughs> or like, wow. I just, I just want, uh, I was just scared. Like some little saying like that after three and a half hours and then everything would just go yeah. gone. Wow. Gone. Like to, to get to that place of just being vulnerable and real of like that little person inside of me or in her that wanted to just say that thing and like, wanted to be heard but so now it's it's uh, very very different and having those interactions mindfully and speaking my truth and and getting still getting vulnerable it's still never like super easy um, but it's much easier than what it used to be so now we're more fluid uh in doing that and it's not like this old big scary thing like oh let's let's have a talk it's scheduled to have a talk <laughs> it's time to like do that thing like i don't want to have that talk <laughs> this is going to be terrible i don't want to do the talk you know now it's just part of life it's like you know we don't have it a regularly scheduled thing in our calendar but you know this spring we went through a, a uh, period of um, being really busy and having old patterns of feeling disconnected and feeling cold and feeling distant. And yeah. We call it being in China um, after this singer songwriter. He has this song about that. He's like, Oh baby, how long are you going to be in China? You know? <laughs> and that's what it feels like, right? When you're with your partner, but you're not connected. Yeah. It feels like you're in China and it, it, it hurts. It always hurts. It always feels, and we don't know how to get back. It feels like a 3000 miles away, but there's yeah. always a way back. How, how do you learn to face each other? Because this is, this is the issue that I had when within my own marriage, because when we were having these conflicts, it was definitely this more turning away from each other instead of mm -hmm. turning towards each other and saying, no matter mm -hmm. what's going on with us, our relationship is bigger than the problem that we're talking about. You know, our mm -hmm. love for each other, our connection that we feel to each other, even though we're feeling disconnected right now, that that power is greater than whatever we're talking about. So how do you how do you do that with each other? Well, that um, way of looking at it, we found our way into that um, about a year about a year ago. That explicit way of defining it as like the relationship container or like a third entity. You know, what are we putting into this relationship? What do we want from this relationship? And like sort right. of having this as this uh, thing that's held and that we can all, we can safely sort of put our needs and our wants into this relationship container. It doesn't mean they're all going to be neatly met. 
Um, but it takes the onus off putting it all on the other person, you know, right. putting, putting that into the relationship container. That both but, of you have to take some responsibility for making those things happen together. Yeah. And a recognition that it's, it's valuable. You know, it's valuable that we take responsibility and we do the work and we take the literal time out of our life or whatever it is to keep contributing to that staying alive. Um, and that includes, that includes sexually. Yeah. And, and we're still not that good at it. You know, when, when, when times are busy and times are hard, we revert, we go back to the old way we turn away. And I think that's part of our system, you know, our survival based mentality and, right. and strategy of like when times are wild and stressed, um, it's easier to kind of turn away. Don't be vulnerable. Don't be open. Don't be, um, just keep going, you know, do more stuff, distract, watch Netflix, whatever. Avoid. It's, avoid. It's, instead of having sex, <laughs> like instead of making the time to do that, because there's too much built up. There's, there's like, there's too much um, in there. Avoid. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress, but Always. The, the other aspect of it, it, it was about a year ago and, I've been on a men's call with four other men for the last five years, mostly every week. And there are four other powerful, amazing, beautiful men. Um, and we, we bring each other to bear um, in a really loving, but like direct way for whatever's going on for any of us. And uh, one of them really helped me a little over a year ago decide, you know, really make the conscious decision that this relationship, yes, it's about me. And yes, it's about her, um, you know, on just a basic human level, but it's also, it's something I've decided that it is another way of honoring the divine mm. and that, Again, it's like, I didn't grow up with any of this shit. You know, this is all like to actually like move and like to actually do that is so far from where I've come, but it's, you know, it's becoming more natural and more, because at first, you know, I mean, early on in our relationship, I think we got a book about tantrism or something. We like trying it out, but it just felt like, I don't know, like playing in the sandbox or like just Fake. doing something. Bake. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> let's try that tantrism, honey. Mm. <laughs> Here's the move. Ready? We'll do this. <laughs> this position. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel the divine now? Is it happening? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I'm, not <laughs> I'm feeling something, but it ain't divine. <laughs> this is, in fact, it's pretty awkward. I think we should. Uh, let's go back to the old way. I'm just like scrumping it out. How about that? <laughs> so um, that that conversation with him and that that impetus to really expand my 
um, you know, and it, it wouldn't be possible at all if I didn't have my own sincere connection with what I'm, what I call a divine or a spirit or source or God or call it anything. Um, if that wasn't alive and, and real in me, it wouldn't be possible at all to bring this yeah. relationship and have it touch into yeah. that. But it is possible um, because it's become the central uh, force woven into my life. You know, er everything, every day, whatever I'm doing, I mean, I can forget for a few minutes here or there, but it's basically this, this touching in, this allowing through of life and, and, you know, all these different practices are just melded into the way that I live, mindfulness, whatever. So bringing that into our relationship and into our sexuality, um, we didn't do it very, but it's time to up it up again, bring it back up. And because for a little while, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. It, it wasn't like, I can't say there was like juicy sex in there, but there was juicy connection. Like we were doing really simple things like holding hands but being really like connected in doing that and sort of yeah. we would meditate some before it or we'd put hands on each other's heart and just stay with that and, and be willing to like learn how to like really honestly connect with another human being and in, in, in the body. Um, that, so presence, it like, that presence with another yeah. person is it's really profound. when you have that communion yeah where it's yeah. like you're not you're not just joining bodies you're joining body minds heart soul yeah which i think i mean ultimately i think that's what sex why we like it so much when when it gets wild and it, the pleasure gets really high we forget about ourselves we join yeah. we unify right it's like oh I, I'm lost. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I mean, that's what we want. We want to lose ourselves to find ourselves. Right. And, and if the other person is a vehicle for that, if it's really hot and we're just wild and lost, we attribute it to the other person. And it is <laughs> to a certain extent, but it's not a very conscious way of doing it. You know, it's just like, bashing about and trying to get our hormonal levels up to a certain level where we can transcend ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We've covered a lot. <laughs> That's a lifelong um, journey. Uh, like, you know, people, I think a lot of people have these expectations of their partner, you know, mm -hmm. and, and especially when you're with somebody for a long time, there's that familiarity that sort of breeds a sense of, oh, I already know what's going to happen sort of thing. You know, like I, I think that that presence when you have with someone, when you connect yeah. in a, in a sexual and, heart way is mm -hmm. that you know that you both are coming to the experience 
as new people every time because every day you're evolving, right? Every day you're changing a little bit. So your mindset or your perspective or, you know, how you've dealt with your own emotions, all of those things make you different. Your video, every, all those things make you a little bit different. And so if you can approach your partner and all of these circumstances as someone new, even though they may be familiar, there's still places in your partner that are yet to be explored. I would take it even further and say the, the very nature of what your partner is, is unknowable. Yeah. And what we are is unknowable. Yes. And you're exactly right to the nature of our mind is to sort of define and hold something as I know. Right. Including ourselves. In a little box. And ourselves too. You know, we get bored with ourselves. We always want to be like craving new experiences, new stimulations because we're like, I know what this is. I know what life is about and I know what this is. And I just want more experience and more, you know, whatever versus when we are, whatever, however we do it through whatever technique or mindfulness or yoga, or we're able to drop even a little bit into the unknown, which is our being. There's a freshness, you know, like in the Buddhist tradition, they talk about beginner's mind. Like, that's why, you know, to like start over with your partner and start over continually. I mean, that can, can, that can sound really trite. And if we try it intellectually, it is It's like, okay, beginner's mind. But our mind doesn't know how the fuck to do that. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do that game. It does the I know game. Right. It doesn't know the. I don't know game and it doesn't see any potential value in it either, <laughs> but we do, you know, stepping out of that yoga class in a simple way. It just like, because when some of these clouds of self part, we can be with life and with our partner in a fresh, beautiful, satisfying, fulfilling way but we're not doing it like it's not something we do it's not something we we even know like it's a mystery you know that mystery is alive it's good i think it's something that we are and if we and if we focus more on the being rather than the doing mm -hmm. then that's that's the place that's the place. That's the pocket. That's the place. Yeah. It is the place. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I probably it's true for most people, but I have personally needed to get my ass kicked for 20 years and get humbled <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. To find it, to continue to, to find it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong yeah. journey. I, I, it's never done. Yep. It's never done. There are constantly parts of yourself that can be, um, you know, discovered. Constantly being discovered. Rediscovery, rediscovery, re-remembering. Which is awesome. Yeah. You know, it's an awesome, awesome, 
awesome journey of discovery. It's incredible. Um, yeah, if, if I, I often think, you know, if I hadn't found, you know, quote, found this way, this, this that I think is still pretty rare on this planet. I don't think there's that many people. I certainly walk around. I don't see that many people like me living yeah. in Connecticut and like diving into this. Right. Um, but if I hadn't, I would be maybe dead, not married, um, certainly addicted to probably some serious things and just miserable. <laughs> I'd be fucking miserable. So it, it, you know, this way of, of living has, has given me a chance to be alive and be, um, it just gets richer as I go. When I look back, you know, walking in that yoga studio, I look back with compassion at like who I was a couple of years ago and yeah, it just keeps going. Yeah. Keeps going. It's not just surviving, you know, just going through your day status quo. It's really oh, feeling yeah. alive and thriving and seeing life and yourself through new eyes every day. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blessing. It's a real blessing. This has been a um, beautiful conversation, Brett. Yeah. You were going to say something. What were you going to say? Um, <clears throat> I was going to say my, the battery in my phone is starting to run low. <laughs> okay. We should start, start yeah. wrapping it up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was deep. I knew it would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no I knew it would be. And I really yeah. appreciate you being here. You have brought a lot of things to think about, things to mm. ponder, things, ways of um, figuring out how to be in the world, how to show up in the world, how to show up with your partner, how to show up for yourself. So well, thank you. it's lovely to, to share and, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for bringing me on and, uh, being with me. I, I knew it would be deep too. Yeah. <laughs> you are, you are welcome to come anytime. All right. Come All back right. to your, your parlor. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, um, if anybody would like to get a hold of Brett and learn more about mindfulness, how can they reach you? You can go to my website, which is in formation. I'm redoing it now. It's called Mr. Mindful Mojo.com. Um, I have a podcast as well that's called Just Mindful Mojo. We're getting that mojo back in a mindful way. <laughs> so that you can truly live. Yeah, let's get our mojo on. This isn't about some living in some spiritual cave somewhere and just, yeah. I mean, you can do that for a while, but ultimately all this stuff is so that we can be alive. We can be yeah. connected. We can enjoy each other and truly enjoy ourselves, and not be enjoying ourselves for the sake of like 
what we get and what we earn and what we accumulate and what right. we like. Yeah, that gets old. Yeah. We want to really like get to the good stuff. Yeah. The good stuff, which is really, it's all in here. It's simple. Yeah, we got it. Simple. <laughs> it's simple. <laughs> all right. So if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and share with a friend or several. And if you would like support in finding more connection, expansion, love and acceptance in your relationships and with yourself, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Awakening with Dawn. Feel free to send me a message and I'd be happy to help you find and create more real love in your life. And basically like, Brett and I were talking about, it's like the most important thing, <laughs> the most important part of all of this is coming back to yourself. So what I like to say is the most important relationship you will ever have is the one you have with yourself so that you can be the kind of partner that you want to have. So thank you again so much, Brett, for joining me. It was a pleasure yeah. and an honor. And again, you're welcome back anytime. Excellent. Thank you, too. All right. Thanks, listeners. Namaste. All right. Namaste. Bye-bye. Right. See you guys next time. Take care. Cheers. Bye.